Volume Five, Chapter Nine of Cecilia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Amanda Hindman. Cecilia, Memoirs of an Heiress by Frances Burney. Volume Five, Chapter Nine. A Declaration. Cecilia's next progress, therefore, was to St. James's Square, whither she went in the utmost anxiety, from her uncertainty of the reception with which her proposal would meet. The servants informed her that Mr. and Mrs. Delville were at breakfast, and that the Duke of Derwent and his two daughters were with them. Before such witnesses to relate the reasons of her leaving the harmless was impossible and from such a party to send for mrs delvile would by her stately guardian be deemed an indecorum unpardonable she was obliged therefore to return to portman square in order to open her cause in a letter to mrs delvile mr arnott flying instantly to meet her called out oh madam what alarm has your absence occasioned my sister believed she should see you no more mr harrel feared a premature discovery of his purposed retreat and we have all been under the cruelest apprehensions lest you meant not to come back i am sorry i spoke not with you before i went out said cecilia accompanying him to the library but i thought you were all too much occupied to miss me i have been indeed preparing for a removal but i meant not to leave your sister without bidding her adieu nor indeed to quit any part of the family with so little ceremony is mr harrel still firm to his last plan I fear so. I have tried what is possible to dissuade him, and my poor sister has wept without ceasing. Indeed, if she will take no consolation, I believe I shall do what she pleases, for I cannot bear the sight of her in such distress. You are too generous and too good, said Cecilia, and I know not how, while flying from danger myself, to forbear counselling you to avoid it also. Ah, madam, cried he, the greatest danger for me is what I have now no power to run from. Cecilia, though she could not but understand him, felt not the less his friend for knowing him the humblest of her admirers, and as she saw the threatening ruin to which his too great tenderness exposed him, she kindly said, Mr. Arnott, I will speak to you without reserve. It is not difficult to see that the destruction which awaits Mr. Harrel is ready also to ensnare his brother-in-law but let not that blindness to the future which we have so often lamented for him hereafter be lamented for yourself till his present connections are broken and his way of living is changed nothing can be done for him and whatever you are to advance would merely be sunk at the gaming-table reserve therefore your liberality till it may indeed be of service to him for believe me at present his mind is as much injured as his fortune and is it possible madam said mr arnott in an accent of surprise and delight that you can deign to be interested in what may become of me and that my sharing or escaping the ruin of this house is not wholly indifferent to you certainly not answered cecilia as the brother of my earliest friend i can never be insensible to your welfare ah madam cried he as her brother oh that there were any other tie think a little said cecilia preparing to quit the room of what i have mentioned and for your sister's sake be firm now 
if you would be kind hereafter. I will be any and everything, cried he, that Miss Beverley will command. Cecilia, fearful of any misinterpretation, then came back, and gravely said, No, sir, be ruled only by your own judgment, or, should my advice have any weight with you, remember it is given from the most disinterested motives, and with no other view than that of securing your power to be of service to your sister. For that sister's sake, then, have the goodness to hear my situation, and honour me with further directions. You will make me fear to speak, said Cecilia, if you give so much consequence to my opinion. I have seen, however, nothing in your conduct I have ever wished to change, except too little attention to your own interest and affairs. Ah, cried he, with what rapture should I hear those words, could I but imagine— come come said cecilia smiling no digression you called me back to talk of your sister if you change your subject perhaps you may lose your auditor i would not madam for the world encroach upon your goodness the favour i have found has indeed always exceeded my expectations as it has always surpassed my desert yet has it never blinded me to my own unworthiness do not then fear to indulge me with your conversation I shall draw from it no inferences but of pity, and though pity from Miss Beverley is the sweetest balm to my heart, it shall never seduce me to the encouragement of higher hopes. Cecilia had long had reason to expect such a declaration, yet she heard it with unaffected concern, and looked at him with the utmost gentleness, and said, Mr. Arnott, your regard does me honour, and, were it somewhat more rational, would give me pleasure take then from it what is more than i wish or merit and while you preserve the rest be assured it will be faithfully returned your rejection is so mild cried he that i who had no hope of acceptance find relief in having at last told my sufferings could i but continue to see you every day and to be blessed with your conversation i think i should be happy and i am sure i should be grateful you are already answered she shaking her head and moving towards the door infringing the conditions upon which our friendship is to be founded do not go madam he cried till i have done what you have just promised to permit acquainted you with my situation and been honoured with your advice i must own to you then that five thousand pounds which i had in the stocks as well as a considerable sum in a banker's hands i have parted with as i now find for ever but i have no heart for refusal nor would my sister at this moment be thus distressed but that i have nothing more to give without i cut down my trees or sell some farm since all i was worth except my landed property is already gone what therefore i can now do to save mr harrel from this desperate expedition i know not i am sorry said cecilia to speak with severity of one so nearly connected with you yet suffer me to ask why should he be saved from it at all and what is there he can at present do better has not he long been threatened with every evil that is now arrived have we not both warned him and have not the clamours of his creditors assailed him yet what has been the consequence he has not submitted to the smallest change in any way of life he has not denied himself a single indulgence nor spared any expense nor thought of any reformation luxury has followed luxury and he has only grown fonder of extravagance as extravagance has become more dangerous till the present storm therefore blows over 
leave him to his fate and when a calm succeeds i will myself for the sake of priscilla aid you to save what is possible of the wreck all you say madam is as wise as it is good and now i am acquainted with your opinion i will wholly new model myself upon it and grow as steady against all attacks as hitherto i have been yielding cecilia was then retiring but again detaining her he said you spoke madam of a removal and indeed it is high time you should quit this scene yet i hope you intend not to go till to-morrow as mr harrel has declared your leaving him sooner will be his destruction heaven forbid said cecilia for i mean to be gone with all the speed in my power mr harrel answered he did not explain himself but i believe he apprehends your deserting his house at this critical time will raise a suspicion of his own design of going abroad and make his creditors interfere to prevent him to what a wretched state cried cecilia has he reduced himself i will not however be the voluntary instrument of his disgrace and if you think my stay is so material to his security i will continue here till to-morrow morning mr arnott almost wept his thanks for this concession and cecilia happy in making it to him instead of mr harrel then went to her own room and wrote the following letter to mrs delvile to the honourable mrs delvile st james square portman square june twelfth dear madam i am willing to hope you have been rather surprised that i have not sooner availed myself of the permission with which you yesterday honoured me of spending this whole day with you but unfortunately for myself i am prevented waiting upon you even for any part of it do not however think me now ungrateful if i stay away nor to-morrow impertinent if i venture to inquire whether that apartment which you had once the goodness to appropriate to my use may then again be spared for me the accidents which have prompted this strange request will i trust be sufficient apology for the liberty i take in making it when i have the honour to see you and acquaint you what they are i am with the utmost respect dear madam your most obedient humble servant cecilia beverley she would not have been thus concise had not the caution of mr arnott made her fear in the present perilous situation of affairs to trust the secret of mr harrel to paper the following answer was returned to her from mrs delvile to miss beverley portman square the accidents you mention are not i hope of a very serious nature since i shall find difficulty insurmountable in trying to lament them if they are productive of a lengthened visit from my dear miss beverley to her faithful humble servant augusta delvile cecilia charmed with this note could now no longer forbear looking forward to brighter prospects flattering herself that once under the roof of mrs delvile she must necessarily be happy let the engagements or behaviour of her son be what they might end of chapter nine recorded by amanda hindman in glen mississippi www.livinginbooks.blogspot.com